Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is, and always has been, Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 345 for Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? Are you doing well? Are you having the best day ever, best week, best existence ever? I sure hope you are. And what is this you've stumbled onto? This is the One Man Podcast. It is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, and uh, everything in between. And this week, gang, I'm going to tell you guys about... I worked a gig for a grand opening in Metro in London, Ontario. I got to hang out with my pal, Red, and her husband, John, who is also my pal, not to segregate importance, but longtime friend, Red, longtime contributor and, and you know, occasional co-host of the podcast. And yeah, we spent some time together. I stayed with them while I was doing work in London. I heard about a, a hoax, a hoax that was not, when I heard about it, it wasn't a hoax, according to the person who was telling me. I immediately had to vet it and found out instantly it was a hoax. And I'll tell you guys about that. I also just, I watched some movies and, you know, and bought some stuff that I'll tell you about. And, you know, we're going to do all these things, gang. And then we're going to ride off into the sunset. How about that? I'll tell you all the shit. We're going to get going. I'll plug some stuff and, you know, we'll get on with our lives. First and foremost, I I think I drove to London on the Wednesday. So basically the, the very first part of, of said week of the podcast, I hopped my car and I headed on down to London, Ontario. So from Ottawa, where I live, it's about six hours away. But I, I also, I, I occasionally, I occasionally do these, these installs for skip the dishes, which uh, for my American listeners or people over the world, skip the dishes is the original food delivery, you know, crowdsource food delivery company. So your door dashes, your Uber eats, your grub hubs, your, all those, none of them exist without skip the dishes. Skip the dishes is my uh, least used app, but a small little Canadian company was the ones that changed, you know, food service delivery across the entire planet. So I'm just, you know, another little thing that us Canadians are capable of doing. Do I take, do I take pride in that? Well, I had nothing to do with it. So it'd be really wrong for me to do that. But anyway, skip the dishes. I, I do gigs for them occasionally in the sense that I, I get a list of, of restaurants that have been n newly added to the platform. And then I, you know, I go in and I put a sticker in the window. I take a picture, I upload it into a, a database and, uh, you know, I get paid cash money. So the team that I work for, I usually do them in Ottawa, but you know, I try to be a valuable member of any team gang. And I, I always, you know, they, they put out a thing at the beginning of the month saying like, Hey, you know, we've got all these markets if anybody's interested. And uh, a lot of them are usually, you know, one or two stores. So it's not really worth anyone to, 
get in their car for the pay that you'll get for one location. It's just not worth it. But if I'm already driving from Ottawa to Toronto and I can, I can just pull off the side of the road, hit something, get back on, you know, it pays for the gas and stuff like that. It's just, it's just helpful that, and I'm going to become a valuable member of my team saying, Hey, you know what, when we need something, we know that Josh is going to do what he can to, to help us out. So I grabbed the list of some of the, the locations, Brockville, Kingston, Belleville on my way and, and threw up a couple of, of decals, decals, however you want to say them. And, uh, and headed on down to, to London, Ontario, where I, where I arrived early afternoon. I left very, very early morning because it's a six hour drive and we had an event going on at three in the afternoon. And I had to stop at a Tim Hortons and pick up one of those giant Cambros of coffee for all the, the event goers that evening. So I got there with about an hour to spare, which is good. I was worried that if I'd stopped too many times at other markets to do these decal things that I would be late, I wouldn't be able to pick up the coffee in time, get it over to the, the store in time, but uh, we were fine. I, uh, I skipped checking in with red. So normally I would, you know, I'd stop and drop all my shit off. Hey, here's my stuff for the week and then go to my stuff. I was a little worried because they were on the other side of town. It would have been about a one hour round trip. And then I wouldn't have had spare time. I would have been tight, 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 tight. So showed up at the Tim Hortons, got the stuff, did, did the, uh, the little pep rally. It's one of the things they like to do because a lot of these stores are doing grand openings or grand reopenings where they've had a lot of renovations going on. And so they like to get the staff all jazzed up because there's going to be little, little events and giveaways all weekend. They're going to have more people in the store. So they like to do a little night before sort of pep rally for the, for the staff, right? We, we, we find some sort of catered meal for them. We do a big cake in honor of their new store. You know what I mean? Like uh, or, or new grand, like grand opening or grand reopening. So it's a fun little event. We bring them in coffee, cake, catered dinner, and it's a nice little thing for them. And just, if it's a reopening and the store is open, then the, whoever customers happen to, to wander in around wander in. Oh man, guys, this coffee is not working yet today. My brain, my brain should just not a functioning. I'm going to have to take her into the shop. They got one of those body shops in the in the mall, right? That's what that is. Like you go in and you get your stuff fixed on your body. <sighs> it's been a minute since I've slurped on the podcast, I think. Oh, and here comes a sneeze. Guys, we got all sorts of, woo, excuse me, excuse me, guys. Am I, are we done, buddy? Are we done interrupting the show? Okay. I think I was, I couldn't think. And then I sneezed, slurped, <laughs> excuse me. I don't, I've literally completely forgotten what we are talking about. I can't even remember the words that I, this, yes, if a customer happens to come into the store while we're doing that, well, then they can have a cup of coffee and a slice of cake. You know, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. Makes the staff feel important, which can we all agree is an important thing for your employees to recognize them and to make them feel valued, especially after they've been, you know, when it's, when it's a grand opening, it's like, Hey, well, these are all going to be predominantly new staff members. So it's a great way to, to start off with new staff members and letting them feel like they're important and, you know, they're valued, very important. And if it's a reopening, it means that staff members have been working around renovations and stuff for God knows how long, still trying to run a store. So it's a good, it's a good little, Hey, thanks for bearing with us through the process and whatever. I think it's a great, it's a great thing. And a lot of companies don't do that. So I think it's incredibly important to, to value your employees. So when we did the pep rally, they actually got, this was the first time, like it was like a, a large chain catered thing. Like I've, I've done a lot of these now and they have them where they, where they'll do, you know, like a, like a local, you know, shawarma place and they'll get bringing a bunch of Greek salads and, and things like that and have like different kebabs and stuff, 
you know, where they do that. And it's good food. It's just not a big chain. But this is the first time that they seem to go with a big chain. They went with Pita Pit and they had so many, so many pita wraps, so many different kinds and everything like that. So they had the they had the pita pit with salads as well. And then and then the cake and the coffee and everything like that. And it was nice. They seemed to be very, very happy, seemed to be very receptive. In the in the uh, come on, brain, in the in the winter, they don't do these outside. And, and by that, you're like, what do you mean outside? Like, like we have tables set up inside the store and I fucking love that. I love that so much. I can't even tell you because in the summer, in the spring, summer, and fall, we do them in this cube. It's like, like a trailer that they just pack up, like, you know, hitch on the back of a truck, back it into a spot, drop it down. It's got legs on it and the sides fold out. And it's kind of like this little, little prep station in a box outside. And the the cube looks nice, but it's usually quite quite a ways off to the side from the entrance of the store. And so it's a little bit more difficult to get people to come and try the samples that we're doing and try the the you know, partake in the events that we're doing, stuff like that. So I don't love it. I don't love it, but it does look nice. So I get for the optics, it's great and it's got big flags on it that say metro and everything, but Overall, I personally am a much bigger fan of the, of doing it inside at tables. So the London one, we're doing it inside at tables. So I definitely, definitely dig that. Definitely dig that. We're inside. Very, very happy about that. I just learned recently that uh, another one that we have coming up in April is going to be in the cube. And I'm like, meh, inside fun. It's just easier too, because when you're, when you're doing samplings, which is one of the things that we do over the course of the weekend, let me give you, let me give you a little, little, I'm going to pause right here in the, in terms of talking about how easy it is to do it inside and just let you know what the run of show tends to be with these grand openings, usually on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. All right. You've got the pep rally, right? Get the staff fed, make them happy. Let them know it's happening Thursday mornings. We do the grand opening or grand reopening. So early morning, they come in, they usually have like a local you know, mayor or or politician or whatever, come in to, to say, you know, Hey, thanks. And make, you know, a little speech about, you know, the importance of of food programs and stuff in the community and how important the local grocery stores are. Usually Metro will, will give a donation to a local food bank or a local food charity, which is very, very nice. And then, you know, they do a little ribbon cutting, Hey, it's reopened and, you know, cake and coffee for the customers at that point. We also usually do like big bag gives away. It's like free bags of groceries with, with either products or coupons for free products in them. So it's kind of like, Hey, thanks for coming to our grand reopening. Here's a bag. We usually give out about 200 of those, which is awesome. Cause it's, you know, makes people happy. And then we do like food, some, some food sampling. So some local, sometimes local vendors and sometimes big chains want to, you know, just promote their product the same way they do it in Costco, right? Just give a sample and someone's like, oh, that was really good. I didn't know that. Let's get some, right? It moves product guys. It is a strategic sales strategy, which is redundant saying strategic strategy. But the, the point is, is like, that's a fun thing where we're giving away, you know, little chips, cookies, could be dips, could be, could be fruit, could be local honey. Like it's all sorts of cool stuff, but we end up doing samplings throughout the entire course of the weekend. But the way it works is that Thursday is a grand opening cake, ribbon cutting free bags. Then on the Friday, we do a spin the wheel event along with the sampling. The spin the wheel is literally like you spin the wheel and, and somebody wins something free off of it. Every, every spin is a winner. And then we tend to give away free, like, like Visa or MasterCard gift cards, which are of course good anywhere, not just Metro, but we, we end up doing that. And that's like kind of the the grand prize on the wheel. But so the Friday afternoon, 
ends up being the spin wheel. And of course we're doing samples the whole time. And it's actually funny because on Saturday and Sunday, it's just samples, which is nice, right? You don't usually do samples in grocery stores, not usually, but Saturday and Sunday are just samples, which is odd in comparison to a lot of the other marketing gigs I've done, because usually things like are, are on the lower end on during the weekdays and then ramp up to busy on the weekend, right? Like the big show, like to me, I would think, oh, ribbon cutting and everything would be a Saturday morning thing, you know, giving away the free bags of groceries along with the samples, you know, spin the wheel and win in free shit along with the samples. That would be a weekend thing. But the busiest day is actually the Thursday. So when the ribbon cutting, we're in, we're there early morning, we work all day long. We do all the, the ribbon cutting stuff and the bags in the morning, and then we switch sort of what we're sampling in the afternoon. So Thursday ends, and it ends up being the longest day because we work usually like 7 a.m. until like 5 p.m. So it's, it's a, it's a long one. It's a long one. But, and I always tell the, the BAs who are doing it for the first time, I go, listen, guys, this is not, it's not going to get harder. Thursday's the hardest day on the, like everything else is like from 10 to five, you know, or sorry, like 10 to four, like there's six hour shifts on the weekend. They're much shorter. So I just tell them guys, it's just, it's easier. This, this day is not indicative that it's building up even worse. It's, this is the heaviest day. This is what the Saturday should feel like. So anyways, that's the run a show gang is we go in, we, we do these little events and then I, I fuck off home to Ottawa from whatever place I'm at. So speaking about that cube thing way too long at this point is just that the cube is outside. And when you're trying to prep a little sample of like something on a cracker on a little cocktail napkin and the wind is blowing and it's blowing your shit, it makes it very, very hard to prep your stuff when you're outside. And also when you run out of product and you need to run inside and get more, it's just a longer endeavor than being able to run it while you're in the store. So the cube's pretty, I don't like it. But the grand opening went really, really well at the store. People were very, very happy. The bags of groceries were very, very popular. I had some fun on the spin the wheel. I told my friends, Red and John, to come on in. And, you know, I'm like, they're giving away free stuff. You guys might as well get some too. You're putting me up for Christ's sakes. So they came in and they won some free stuff. I think they won a pizza and a chicken. And Saturday and Sunday were, were easy peasy too. I really enjoyed the staff that I was working with. And it looks like I'll be, if they're interested, I'll be working with them again in, in April in St. Thomas. So looking forward to that. But I want to say uh, some shout outs to the, the store staff there. Big shout outs to, to Gina, the store manager, to Steve, the assistant manager, and Jeff, the grocery manager in the back at the London Metro. They were so great, accommodating, sweet, kind, welcoming nothing but love for those guys because they just, we always try to be good guests in the store, right? We get that it's a grand opening. There's a lot of eyes on them. They're working their butts off to make their, their bosses happy, you know? And so, so when you got somebody like me and they're saying, Hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. It was okay. If we set up here, another question, like we were looking for this product, uh, not quite sure, you know, did you guys receive it? Hey, were you shipped any, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just bothering them when they've already got a million other fires they're trying to put out. But you know, you get the ones that, that make you feel like you're no bother that they're grateful that you're there making their customers happy. So that, that is exactly what we got across the board from these guys. They were rock stars start to finish the week, Gina, Steve, and Jeff. Jeff was a huge, huge help early on because when we got there for the pep rally Wednesday night, guys, I'm not sure, like to me, like it's nothing surprising, A, because I've been in several metros from when I've done these, but I've also worked in grocery stores and in Giant Tiger. So like, I know what the back rooms of these places look like, you know what I mean? So it's not like, it's not like, Ooh, is this what the back of a grocery store looks like? Like it, it's, 
they're they're kind of one and the same the receiving areas and whatever you know you got your areas where your skids are coming in off the truck and then you got your overstock shelves in different places like it's just kind of a system well these guys got hit with a couple of trucks of skids like that afternoon stuff that they had been you know we were supposed to be getting days before they got hit with a ton of shit all in the afternoon and I remember the Wednesday evening after the pepper rally, I was asking Jeff, like, Hey, is there, you know, was there a couple skids with, with bags in them? And he's like, Oh yeah, they're out in the front. But sadly they were mistaken. The, the skids of bags out front were for the staff. The, the staff also get giveaway bags as part of their pep rally, but they're not the same as the ones that we give away to customers. And so they had seen those and like, yeah, we put those bags out front. And I was like, oh, I went back and I was like, oh, sheepishly, like, I'm so sorry. Those are the ones that are for you guys. There should be two, two big skids wrapped with, with boxes that have bags in them. They'll have this label on them. He's like, fuck, I saw those way in the back. So him and his team busted their ass that evening. Like, so while everyone else is eating, they're busting their asses to, to pull out skids so that we have it ready so we can do the bags in the morning. Every now and again, we will get a product from a distributor that is like chilled that goes in the bags. And so for this particular giveaway, they actually had these really nice, like charcuterie packages, I guess that's the best way to say it, where it was like, you know, it had some, like some Genoa, some Soprasada and some prosciutto. And it was like all sliced up and in these packages. And then every customer in their bag, along with all the other free shit we were giving away, would get one of these nice, like charcuterie packs in their, in their what do you call it in their bag? So these things had all been shipped. The charcuterie packs had all been shipped to the store in their own boxes. So that evening after the pep rally, my, my, you know, co-pilot Kim, who's always there with me helping out Kim had, and I stayed and what we did was we basically pulled all the box, the bags out of the boxes. We stuffed the bags with the charcuterie boards. And then we put like two, three carts full of, excuse me, get the hiccups, two, three carts full of bags into the freezer so or a fridge, sorry, so that, you know, they wouldn't go bad essentially. They're just, but they're ready to go in the morning so that we can just cart a couple, a few carts to the front door to buy us time, you know, so that we could, we could pack the rest of them and get them out. So gave away 200 or 250 of those bags. Very, very happy. They were fucking awesome. The, again, like a, like a, like a 12, $13 charcuterie pack in a bag plus like free tea and, and like we had Lara bars and stuff in them, put free coupons for free, like lactansia, pure milk. Like that was cool. It's cool. You're getting like a, you know, 30, $40 bag of groceries for free just for, just for coming in on that morning. It's great. So big thanks to, to Gina, Steve, and huge thanks to Jeff for, for on top of a day where they already had a million pieces of inventory coming in and go, where are we going to put all this shit to have to move stuff around to dig out a couple skids for us. Rock stars, rock stars, big shout outs to Melissa in the deli, who was taking, like when we had to do uh, pizza samples, she was having her team like hammer them out for us. Big thanks to Amber in produce and her team. She was, we, we were doing a giveaway on the spin the wheel where it was like free. You'd win a carousel of like fruit or veggies. So, you know, when you go in, you got like the, the carrots and broccoli and cauliflower with the dip little trays like those. And the same thing with the fruit, right? Strawberries, cantaloupe, watermelon, pineapple. Like they didn't have enough of those on the shelf when we were doing this giveaway and, and a lot of people landed on that particular prize. So they like flew into high gear while we were doing this and like whipped up a bunch of them, you know, even though we could have just told customers like, Hey, sorry, they're out today. Come back. They, they put in the, the extra work to make sure that 
everybody got one that was there that day. They could go home with it if they wanted. So big shout out to, to Amber and the people in produce. And thank you so much to Megan in the, the front end, Megan and her team at the front of house. They just made it easy for us to be able to, to put products out in, you know, just the, the, the like the, the admin the logistics of like what we do is when we're doing sampling, like we just grab shit off the shelves. We keep all the empty boxes or cases or, you know, containers. And then at the end of the day, we bring a basket full of empty shit up to the customer service and they help us ring it through so that we can, you know, expense it. But that still takes work. It's still annoying, you know, especially when we get a lot of people to, to have to go through like, oh, I'm going to scan 50 things now. Just appreciate Megan and the team in the front for, for doing that stuff. They were great. And then a shout out for the back end team one more time. Like I was saying to Jeff who did it, but there was a ton of like back end people who were clearing out boxes all week because again, they were just getting inundated with product for their grand opening. And a lot of it was coming like late. So they just get hit with way too much. And, and because I guess that, that it wasn't anticipated that everything would be behind the staffing was staffed for like a regular day. And they, they basically did, you know, two people's job every single day. So shout out to the back end team doing that stuff. A few things that I will mention from the week, even though it seemed like I hurt one of the higher ups feelings, Dave, who's a big pistachio guy and who picked the cake. Great fucking dude. Love that guy. Love chatting with him. He's a good dude. A few of the things that we were, that we were sampling, I, I found interesting. So we, we sampled a pistachio cake, but it was a pistachio almond cake because we were eating it. It was green, like fluorescent green. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why my brain went back to like, I remember like this Ninja Turtles cereal when I was little. And it was like this neon green color just looked fucking weird. It didn't look like you should eat it, but it had like this neon green color to it and then cream. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like cake. There was, I don't even know if like, I think like there was a very little piece of cake on the bottom, but it seemed like, like mostly cream. So it was really hard to cut into very small pieces to hand out, but it just had this odd taste to it. I didn't like it did taste particularly synthetic, but it tasted more like amaretto than pistachio. So when it was like pistachio almond cake, I'm like, ah, they, they, they went almond more than pistachio. So it's the green color pistachio, a little bit of crumbled pistachio on the top layer, but did not care for it. It was, it seemed to be very hit or miss. It seemed to be very, very 50, 50. Some people liked it. Some people did not, but I fucking, I could taste it right now in my mouth thinking of it. I just did not care for that. Did not care for that. Not say it's bad, just was not something, but there, that was what they wanted to sample. The, the Metro bakery has a ton of awesome, awesome cake products available, a ton of them. And that was the first one I ever tried that I was like, I would never buy this. And because it was so hit or miss, it would be hard to buy a cake like that to show up at an event and be like, Hey, I brought this for everybody. Because as soon as it starts to thaw, it actually was like really squishy, like incredibly hard to cut. Not just like, Oh, it's a little soft. Like I'm saying like incredibly hard, like almost like the top layer was ice cream where it's like melting. So you're not even cutting through something solid. It's like trying to cut through a slice of, you know, melting ice cream. It's like, this is not happening. So I'd be like, it'd be a hard thing to bring to something you know, cause it'd be melting and then trying to cut it and divvy it up. And then to get people's reactions on it, because it's like, it's hit or miss. It's just, it's too much of a gamble, too much gamble cake there. Another thing I tried, another thing I tried was they had a few different flavors of eggnog. They had standard, they had low fat, which I didn't bother wasting my time with. <laughs> they had a peppermint and then they had a chocolate hazelnut eggnog. The regular eggnog was good. The peppermint eggnog I found to be particularly good and a very, very nice quality to it. And then the chocolate hazelnut eggnog did not, excuse me. Oh, here comes the yawns gang. Here comes the yawns. 
did not, you know, it didn't taste like chocolate. It didn't taste like hazelnut. And I'm not even going to lie. People are like, well, that's a weird, it's got a really weird synthetic taste. And I was like, it's almost like waxy. I go, and then I was like, I took another sip. I'm like, do you know what this tastes like? And I'm like identical on the nose. I'm like, it tastes like chewing crayons, like chewing wax. Like when you were a kid and you'd fucking chew on a crayon. It was like, oh, I never ate crayons as a kid. I'm like, I didn't fucking eat them. But you'd be lying to me if you said as a kid, you never took, you never bit into wax at some point in your life. It just tasted like wax was all it tasted like. And then as soon as I said that to some, some people, I'm like, doesn't it taste like crayons? They're like, yes. They're like, yeah, it's like wax. You're just like chewing wax. That's the taste of this is just fucking wax. Not like sweet wax or anything, just fucking wax. So avoid a chocolate, irresistible chocolate hazelnut eggnog. You got it like another year to be safe from it, but. And then finally, one of the things we were sampling that I thought was really cool was we were saying, we were doing like little, we were supposed to be doing like a, they wanted us to do like a charcuterie board, not really a board, but like put all these charcuterie items out. Excuse me. Excuse me for the on. And one of the things that we did was like, we were doing, we were sampling like the cashews and almonds, like just, just as their own, like the, the selection brand almonds and cashews and the. We're sampling them in cups. And then we were trying to do like, like someone was like, should we do like a board? And I was like, I honestly don't think so because the amount of times I've tried to offer something off of like a plate, you know, where it's just loose and you can use your hands. Like even when you put toothpicks in it, so people aren't touching it with their hands, they still don't use the toothpicks and just grab with their bare hands. And then the amount of times we've had something on a table where someone grabs their bare hands, puts it in their mouth, starts eating it right over the food and shit will fall out of their mouth onto the, and you're like, what, what kind of fucking animals? Again, we are just in a grocery store, right? <clears throat> so you're just like, you know what? You gotta, you gotta mitigate the human stuff as much as you can. Like, it doesn't matter how nice of a job you do of something like sure presentationally it's nice but like you know if you're doing something in your home by all means do a charcuterie board you know the idea that you know you're inviting everyone and hopefully everybody here has enough love and courtesy for each other that that they're they're polite but it's like at a grocery store and fucking animals just come in oh what's this i'm, I'm, I'm eating a cracker like shit falling out of their mouth right on top of the food just like take it take a step back cover your mouth you know chew with your mouth closed you know like Anyways, uh, you know, what, what, what am I here to do? I'm not the fucking, pul- you know, manners police. But so what I decided, they, they were like, you know, we're going to do some little bit, little pieces of meat. We've got different cheeses that we're going to do. We've got some other stuff. We had some little, uh, you know, there's like nice crackers that have like dates and stuff like that in them. Dates and cranberry and seeds and pumpkin seeds and shit. Like, delicious, delicious. So I'm like, well, what we're going to do, I'm like, guying, what we're going to do is like, let's take those big cups and let's do like a charcuterie cup. So instead of you know, putting all of, all of this stuff on the, you know, on the board and letting them ruin it. Let's just do a little cup that has like a little piece of, of each of the cheeses. It's got a little piece of each of the meats. I will put one of those little crackers in the back of it. It'll be like a little charcuterie cup. You know what I mean? And I said, you know what, honestly, and they, they, one of the things where one of the nut bags we're sampling was like a trail mix. They had like raisins and stuff. I'm like, we could put a little bit of that in there too. But eventually I was just like, you know what, instead of doing the the almonds and the, the cashews separate, let's just put all that shit in a cup. We'll just put everything in a cup and offer people little charcuterie cups. That way they can't be fucking not ruining other people's experience by, by drooling all over the fucking board. So that was something that was really cool. I actually thought that that was a neat thing, like to do charcuterie cups as opposed to a board where you can offer somebody, you know, a little bit of everything. So I, I had a good time at the, at the, the, the grand opening. I, I really enjoyed doing these and, and a big shout out to the, you know, the EBM staff that hired me to do these. They, they put their faith in me and I, 
I really do enjoy working with them. Wow, half an hour in. I thought this one might be short because I didn't have a lot to talk about. So let's try to bang ahead. I got to hang with Red and John, which was nice. I think near the end of this episode, I'll do the little, just the little quick things that I, that I, that I, uh, the quick little, little things like, Hey, I did this. Let's see where it goes. Kind of stuff. I got to hang with Red and John. That was, that was the highlight of my week. I enjoy spending time with my friends. So the first couple of days, guys, I was wiped. I got up so early in the morning. I was doing installs while driving and then, you know, a bunch of logistics and, and working my butt off for that grand opening that by the time I got back at like eight o'clock at night, I'd already been pretty much working for like 12 hours at that point. And so I just, I gave them each a big hug, said, so, so happy to see you guys. I go, if you'll pardon me tonight, I'm going to just pass out because not only, you know, have I had a long day, but tomorrow we start at 7am and it's a super fucking long day. You know, we finish at five. So I go, I might even be shitty company tomorrow night, but you know, it was great. We, 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 what do we do? John's always really, really good to me. He, he, he's a, he's a, a, a culinary teacher and has been a chef worked in many restaurants. So, so John always spoils me by, by cooking something, you know, a few different things or putting together a few different things that are delicious. So he had actually prepped before I even got there. He had made a nice chili and, uh, and made some fresh cornbread, which was fucking delicious. I, I love cornbread. So the first night when I got there, he's like, you're hungry. I'm like, you actually haven't eaten. I haven't really eaten anything yet. So he's like, well, here, let me put together. He put me to a plate of chili and cornbread. It was amazing. Went downstairs to the basement, enjoyed it like a, like a gargoyle and, and then passed out. Another time that week, he made an, a delicious breakfast hash, which was great. Just home fries, different veg, you know, and then makes a nice fries, a nice egg and puts it right on top. So you can crack the yolk, pour it all over the whole shebang. Delicious. Fucking delicious. Made French toast one morning. And even one of the nights when we were watching a movie, I had, I had brought home for them because they put me up a couple of the, uh, the bags that we were giving away and uh, that had the charcuterie boards in them or whatever charcuterie packs. But I, I was also bringing home like anytime we had like open products so like leftover cashews, leftover almonds, some of the leftover cheeses, I would bring that, that back to their place. And, and we did, you know, like a, like he did, well, we, we, I contributed that I brought the stuff, but John also picked up a few things from the grocery store that week, some different berries and stuff like that. And we actually did like a big bomb ass charcuterie board. And so apparently he had gotten that board too, as a, as a gift, beautiful board guys. I have pictures of it. I'll pop it up on the, uh, the Instagram just so that you can see it, but absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm uh, I'm, I'm super, I, I, it was so fucking delicious. You guys have to see it. And when you see like the nuts and stuff on the board, you wouldn't think like, oh, like a little snack bag or whatever, but like it works. It works. And we had the charcuterie stuff. We had some of the salamis and leftover kielbasa that we, we had there. Some of those little, like just I'll, I'll post the picture. I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself a little note here. Post board pick just so that you guys can, can take a look at it. He did an immaculate job. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous. Plus he made like this nice pepper and something or other puree for, for dipping some of the stuff in. He, he sliced up, oh, this was immaculate. He sliced up like a baguette, like little thin, thin, thin slices, you know, covered in olive oil and then baked it to make like these crispy, which we, which we used in that dip that he made. Definitely, definitely, you know, was, you know, which, what did it say? They put your foot in that or whatever it is. It was, it was great. And it was great that it was like a lot, honestly, just like a lot of like leftover shit 
that we got brought home wrapped up and then he used for the the charcuterie board at the end of the week the saturday night where we all hung out you know had a movie night like we watched movies the other night but we had like we had like a we did a thing out of it we had a movie night we sat and we we watched something i'll tell you about that a little bit later on or right now actually seems to be my next note i i i am glad before i start talking about the movies that we watched i am glad i got to connect with red i got to sit down and sort of chat with her you know, catch up with what's going on with her, how she's doing with things in life, you know, and, and then of course, catch her up with what's going on with me with the breakup and what's my plan and, you know, what are, what are, you know, how are things going and yada, 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 like just, you know, two people that care about each other, having the opportunity to sit and, and catch up and, and just, you know, this, you know, we all see each other's little things here and there on social media, but it's a different, it's a different thing when you can sit down and, and shoot the shit and, and, you know, just actually connect, just to be two human beings and go a little deeper than the, the general run of the mill pleasantries. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm glad I got to do that with my friend. We watched a movie called 65 guys with Adam driver. I saw trailers for it and I remember thinking like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I like Adam driver and there's going to be dinosaurs. We're going to get, we're going to get a good dinosaur actually Jurassic park you know, what was it after earth? The one with Will Smith and his kid. I'm like this whole like crash on the planet. We don't know what's going on and we're fighting to survive. That was the vibe I got from the trailer. I'm not even going to waste much time on this. One of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. One of the worst pieces of shit. Can't imagine how much it cost. Garbage movie. It was like the same scene was happening over and over and over and over and over in this thing. Really didn't care about it. Really didn't care. I don't know if they were trying to go for some like last of us vibes where it's like him and a little girl and he's got a protector against instead of zombies, it's fucking done. But there was no, there was nothing interesting about that movie. Nothing interesting about that movie. It was horrific, boring, boring. And the dinosaurs weren't even like dinosaurs that you'd recognize. Like, it's like, oh, there's a T-Rex. I'm like, oh, but it's got long arms. What the fuck is that? And it's shorter. It's a weird, okay. And then what's this fucking thing? Oh, that's a weird I don't, I don't know how to describe it guys. Stupid movie. Very stupid to the point where like when I woke up the next day, I'm upstairs having the morning coffee chat with red and John goes, uh, morning guys. I go, I, I had this terrible dream last night that, that, you know, I was watching an Adam driver movie and there was dinosaurs in it. It was like the dumbest. And they just laughed. All of us thought it was the, one of the dumbest pieces of shit we've ever seen. It was, it was bad. If you haven't watched it, you really don't need to. You really don't need to. I was disappointed because I thought the I thought you know hey look look how do you go wrong with a with a with a decent budgeted CGI movie about dinosaurs and you know and Adam Driver's fine you know unless he's in a Star Wars movie in which case don't watch it but yeah didn't like sixty five dumb movie dumb and then the night with the the charcuterie board we watched a movie called Finch it's one I think I tried to start a very long time ago it's on Apple TV Plus it's one of their exclusives. It's Tom Hanks movie. He plays the lead and it's this kind of seemingly sort of post-apocalyptic movie where it's like Tom Hanks is with his dog and he's, he salvages things and he builds a robot and it's like, now this robot's gonna, you know, it's, it's been given a task, right? He built it so that, that it can, can carry, you know, carry out a, a task. I'm trying not to spoil it, but there was a scene like it was a cute premise. It actually is a, is a quite cute movie to watch. It's, it's never bad. It's never really bad, but there's a few points where you're like, yeah, this doesn't really 
go along with with you know the premise like i like movies where the robots are trying to learn but they do operate very robotically and this is like what happens in the first like scene but then before you know it like the robots got emotions it's not like they were uploaded it just seems to be very insecure very oh i'm sorry i i wanted to do good and you, you know what i mean you're like and that's not really robotic right you know what i mean like talk to ai now like i, I even asked chat gbt the other day i'm like do you i go do you have any way to sense my gratitude for what you're giving me it's like i have no emotions but if you have a question go ahead and ask me like you know what i mean it was like dismiss like it was like i don't i don't i i'd love to, to have the level of security that that AI does be like, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what do you want? I'll, you know, if you want me to do something, I'll do it. But <laughs> like, don't ask me how I feel. You know what I mean? I was like, is this what it's like dating a guy? <laughs> so that's kind of a fruity laugh. Tee hee. So I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching the movie, but there was a scene where Tom Hanks is essentially explaining what his motivation for everything is. And it's like, this thing happened and I wish it hadn't. I felt like I could have, I could have stopped it had I not chose to act the way I acted. And I knew what they were going for. But when you evaluate the circumstances of the event, you're like, well, what could you have done? Like essentially to, to summarize this event, because it really doesn't break the movie. And I'm not, I, I assure you, I'm not ruining the movie for you. Tom Hanks is like, oh, there was this one point. Like, and I won't ruin the the outcome of it. But he's like, oh, I was rummaging through a store and I heard somebody and, and it was a mother and her daughter and the mother hands the, the daughter a gun, like a little girl hands her a gun and says, if you see anybody or anything, you just shoot. You don't ask any questions. You don't wait. You just shoot. You got it. And the little girl's like, okay. And so Tom Hanks is like, I hid. Right. But then he's like, but then outside a car pulls up, you know, and, and a guy starts screaming at them from the outside and the little girl's still standing inside the store. And it's like, you know, they, the, the, the the little girl like goes with her mom to the front of the store and like shoots at that guy and misses. And then that guy like kills the mom and the kid. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I wish I had done something. I'm like, well, dude, you, you knew she had a gun. You knew she was instructed to shoot anything that, that, that moved. So it's not like you were rummaging, you heard a mother and daughter you know, and you hid and you could have helped them, but you didn't. It was like literally the little girl having the gun really didn't even change anything. It could just be that there was a mom and a daughter in a store. And then a, a man pulled up and started like yelling at them and stuff. And you could have come up and helped them, but you didn't right? Like, like, I guess the fact that the little girl had a gun served to do only one thing, which is to make Tom Hanks hide. But the whole point of the story is that he regrets not saving them from that man, but it's like, and then another thing, another thing happens in that scene. That is the, the whole thing. One of the things that drives the plot, but just, I'm not going to spoil that for you. But the, the fact of the matter is he's so regretful that he didn't act, but I'm like, dude, what could you have done? If you had come out, she would have shot you. Right. I go. So you really, it's not like you didn't want to help. You were trying not to get shot. And so though, and, and that's the thing, the little girl having the gun, the only thing that that served to do is to make, make it so that you didn't come out. So I don't understand why we're supposed to feel like, oh yeah, you should regret that. It's like, dude, you would have been killed anyways. Like what, what could you have done? You know, versus if they didn't, if they weren't armed, you could have protected the innocent in that moment and it would have made more sense. So it was just a, a bit of a plot, 
it's something that didn't make sense to me. And then, like I said, at the same time too, you got this robot who's a robot, but he's acting very human in the sense of like, you know, feelings and stuff like that, which was never described. It was very, it was one of those ones where they do a very good job of showing how technical a robot is, like if following only the commands you're giving it and very, you know, succinct, like, you know, take one step and it takes one step. Okay. And I'll walk to me, you know, and it doesn't know how and teaching it things. So it's like, okay, but then for it to just have these emotions, have character kind of out of nowhere. I was like, I prefer to see that evolve throughout the movie through, you know, inquisition or, or something. Who knows? I'll, I uploaded an emotions chip. I found a way to describe mo- something that makes sense of why you have more of a robotic child with you than just a robot servant, because he does have one of those too. He has this little like tank thing. So it's essentially Tom Hanks, his dog and a robot in an RV trying to get somewhere, you know, a little adventure with the three of them worth the watch. I would say just wasn't as good. It was, it, the funny thing is it went deeper than I thought it was going to go in terms of like, like heart in the story, not just kind of like this, you know, post-apocalyptic adventure, but then it was like, they didn't suss out the, or flush out the, 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 the how, right. It was just like, you just, you're just supposed to care and, and I don't think that they did enough for me to care. So I, I was like, okay, don't, don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. So watched it. Wasn't that bad. Had an amazing charcuterie board with it. And that's, that's, that's her gang. That's her for episode, uh, 340, a tree in terms of, you know, what movies I watched and stuff. I rewatched when I was at home, I rewatched American pie Two and American wedding. And I liked the American pie movies. They made me laugh, but the American wedding movie is not even so much about the main cast and Jim getting married. It's pretty much the Stifler movie. Like he's, he's the, the lead in that movie. You could tell totally. And let's see here. I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to tell you guys a couple little quick things here. When I got back to Ottawa, I did some meal. Like I, I got myself one of those charcuterie packs as well with the, the sliced meats and I actually took it home and I did some, some sandwich prep. So I made some sandwiches, wrapped them up so that when I went back to work at Santa Claus, instead of going to spend money, I would have something, you know, very low cost that I could just grab wolf down, be happy. So like I did circuitry and, and cheeses on, uh, on Costco croissants. Amazing. Amazing. Very, very happy with that. I was, I was poking around looking at my buddy, Paul Verzi's taping in February. So I was chatting with Verzi And I was looking at like, you know, he was, he was mentioning that he's doing this big show New Year's Eve in, uh, in New York. And so I was kind of like, oh, that could be fun. And I, I misunderstood. I thought his taping, I knew he's taping a special soon. So I thought his taping was New Year's Eve. And I was like, wow, what a night to to film a special, but it was just a show at a theater, just a good show, basically running that hour. So I was like, okay, like, it'd be fun to go and see him in New York. But I'm like, you know, it, it just might be tough timing with, with the stuff that I've got going on. And I, of course, I, I think I'd mentioned to you guys that I'd sent an email. I'm looking to bring Verzi up for a run of shows here in Ontario. I'd like to do, I'd like to do Montreal, which is not Ontario, but I figure it's only like an hour and 40 away from Ottawa. So maybe if we could do like a week where it's like, you know, one night in Montreal, one night in Ottawa, one night in Kingston, one night in Toronto, one night in Hamilton and one night in, in London, you know, like a week of shows were just back to back to back to back shows. I thought that would be really, really fun to bring my buddy up to, for, you know, showcase them for you guys. I sent an email to his management team and I haven't heard back yet. It's been, it's been about, you know, a bit about a week since I sent that email. So I'm going to follow up 
and just say like, hey, like I basically, the reason I sent the email to his management is that I need to know what is needed to, to like for them to want to book Verzi. Like when you reach out to a theater, you know, you have kind of a couple options. Like sometimes a, a venue will buy a show they go, oh, you want to come here? We'll buy that. And then they sell the tickets, right? So now it's, you know, they, they're paying one price for it, but it's up to them to sell the tickets. Alternatively, you can buy, you can rent the venue and now it's on you to sell the tickets, but you make all the money from the ticket sales. So, you know, it's higher risk, but, but theoretically higher reward too. So it, it really depends. And for his management team, I want to know, like, if I'm going to be reaching out to venues to find a, you know, to see what would work, you know, what, what, what seat numbers do you need? What information do you need? Like, you know, are you guys going to try to to sell it to the venue? You know, like I need to, I'm going to, I'll do the work of finding the venues, but uh, like, you know, or, or essentially not finding the venues. Yes. Finding the venues, but not locking in the deals, essentially just doing the reconnaissance of like, I'll put together a package of like in Ottawa, there's this, 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 and that theater. And it has this, 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 and that seating and it has whatever. But I'm like, what, what all info do you want me to collect? So essentially like, listen, I'll do the work. Just tell me what you want. And that's the email that I've not received a response to, but I, I talked to Paul and he's like, yeah, you know, they're a little busy. It's Christmas time. It's a busy part of the year. I'm like, okay. So I'm going to probably follow up with them in the new year and make sure that I, I reach out and just say, Hey, just sent you guys a thing. Would love to get to, to, you know, work on this. What do you need from me? So I'm not going to expect too much, but looking to put that Verzi tour together. And then I was looking at the, you know, like I said, that show in on New Year's Eve in New York. And it turns out that's just running the show. He's actually filming his special in February at the Den Theater in Chicago. So I'm, I'm looking at going to that. It's a little more expensive because it's Chicago, which means it's a flight. And, you know, as opposed to like New York where it's, you know, it's a drive. And I could put four of us in a car and we all split the gas and it's wicked cheap versus everyone having to pay for their plane ticket. So uh, that's a thing. That's a thing there out in the universe. So I'm thinking about that. I purchased a water pick impulsively. I went into a Costco and like the water picks were on sale. The last water pick that I bought, I bought it at Costco, the only place I, I shop apparently. I bought the water pick at Costco and it came with like a, like a, a, like a, I guess a, a counter unit, one that you would leave at home, which was larger and whatnot. And then I got like a travel unit and the travel unit comes in this cool little, you know, zip zipper bag or whatever. And, and I, I remember like I did the same thing I always do, which is I gave crystal the counter one. I'm like, here, there's one for your place and one for mine. And I'm, my place is smaller. Plus, you know, at, at my wacky comedy orphanage that was Jay's house, you know, like I wouldn't leave something in the bathroom anyway. So the, the travel one, the counter unit has like a water reservoir on the top that has like a top, like a cover on it. And it's larger. It's got, you know, it stores, stores more water. It stores some of the units and the, the attachments and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, it, it's larger and it's more stationary. That's stationary unit is the one I should have said. But anyways, the, the travel one has no cover for the top because the reservoir flips over top of the whole base unit and, and, you know, and then you zip it all together with, with a few of the attachments inside the, the unit that travel unit is the one that I kept because I'm like, it's easier for you to just use that and then close it all up and bring it back into my room as opposed to having something stationary. Also a difference between the travel one is it doesn't have as many pressure settings. It doesn't build up as much pressure, but so since I, you know, 
didn't have a stationary unit and I now have a bathroom of my own, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a water pick and I'm going to fucking use my water pick. And a little shout out to my pal, Angie in Texas, my friend Angie suggested way back in the day. She's like, you know what? She's, she's like, you know what I like to do? I love to just take like a cup of little cap full of the mouthwash and dump it into the water in the reservoir because it just adds like a, a more fresh sort of feeling to the water, you know, just taking all that stuff out. If you've never bought a water pick, I, I do suggest them. They do make you feel like you're getting a deeper clean and they're, they're fun to use. The water pick uh, has, yeah, it, it also came with another travel one, but this time it's like a wand. So it's like a, like a big handled stick. And I'm like, oh, that, that looks way bulkier to travel with. So instead of like a nice square cube sort of travel zipper pouch, you get, you end up with like a, a sack that you stick this gigantic fucking handheld stick in because it's got to have a water reservoir on it too. So luckily I still have the old travel one and that's probably the one that I would bring with me because this one looks, it looks too breakable. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a giant piece of electronic in a, in a, a little fucking sack. So I'm going to, I'm going to probably travel with the other one. It's a little more secure. It's like literally a big plastic reservoir that flips and covers the entire thing. So it's pretty protected and it's in like a padded zipped up case. So honestly, at the end of the day, I think they take up the exact same amount of square inches in, in, in a, in a travel suitcase, but everything is more protected. Like I feel like the, the, the tops and the bits and things can break off the new one. So I think they took a step back in their travel one, but who knows, maybe there was a reason for it. And then I bought two, two mixing cups, guys, I bought two mixing cups, mixing cups. I wonder what that sounds like. It's just saying mixing cups. Like, like I shaker cups, they are not, which I'm giving more context. Like mixing cups. Is that like, usually when you're like, like it almost sounds like measuring cups to me in, in terms of like what you're talking about, but I got two. So these are, these are essentially shaker cups that have a mixer on the bottom. So they, they blend, they don't blend They're well, blending cups. Like I wouldn't, they won't crush ice or anything. They're, they're like, they're, they're small little plastic sort of looking propellers inside. So they really are just to, to mix powders and stuff. They're designed of course, for people who are drinking protein and shit at the gym. But I have been talking to you guys for a long time about trying to be healthier and trying to, you know, get my, get my opti fast going again and losing the weight again. So I'm feeling like once I'm done this Santa Claus shit, I can start doing the opti fast again. I know to all sorts of people that always sounds like excuses and stuff like that, but it's, it's just, it's tough you know, trying to eat a little bit better, but you know, I'm, if I'm being transparent with you, which I've always tried to be on the show is it's the holidays guys. And I'm lonely. I live in the same house as my partner or ex-partner, but there's no, there's no love, you know, like we're literally like, you know, listening to each other's day and, and hugging each other and saying good night one day. And then literally the next day I'll ask something and she'll blow up at me about, but what I feel is not merited at all. Like it's, it's so unpredictable. So it's a very lonely, confusing feeling right now. They're doing all sorts of different family type, you know, events. Like they've got stuff that they're doing. They've got their Christmas plans. They've got their new year's plans. You know, everybody's spending time with family. Like I have family, but I I'm, I'm not going to bring my mom over to my house and, and be like, let's have a dinner together. You and me, like I'm even gone. If I'm not mistaken, like I, I think I get like, I, Oh, I no, I'm not gone. I work every single day right up until Christmas Eve. I'm working Christmas Eve until the evening. So like, I don't have 
plans or anything like that. So being at the house, like I like having my own space, but it's like, I have this tiny little apartment inside of a, a house. I don't really spend time in the common areas. Every day I come home, there's messes that, that aren't cleaned up. So like I'd have to clean up after somebody else or risk an argument, asking someone to clean up their shit. Like even when we ask, they're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll do it later. And they don't, you know? So it's, it's not to shit on anybody. It's like, we've got teenagers and you know, I just, the, the, it's not fun being home. It's not fun being home. I enjoy the rest, but it's almost like I come home, I rest, I get up. And so the point of that, I was talking about like the weight loss, whatever is like my, my hack to getting a dopamine hit to feel a little less than shitty is food. And so, yeah, I'll come home, I'll be exhausted and I'll be like, fuck it. I'm going to order a pizza. I'm going to watch some YouTube videos or shoot the shit with my pals on the PlayStation. You know, my internet family, you know, people who I feel genuinely do care about me and, and then I'm going to fucking crash, you know, and then I'm going to get up first thing, shower, get ready, and then go take pictures of people all day long. So that's, that's, yeah. If I haven't mentioned this episode, I am the, my, my longstanding gig right now, like November, right through the end of December is that I'm the photographer for the Santa Claus setup at the Rito center in Ottawa. So when I say go out and take pictures of people, I'm not a fucking creep. I'm not, you know, photographing strangers at parks. Oh, big stretch, big stretch. Oh, that snuck up on me, but it felt good. That's what I'm doing with my Monday to Friday is that kind of shit. So, you know, and then I just, I do it until like seven o'clock at night. I pack up, I get on a ride, drive 40 minutes home. It's eight or so when I get home, everybody else is already kind of getting ready for bed or doing their own thing. So it's, you know, like I said, it, it could be like, oh, Hey, how are you? How was your day? But everybody's already done. You know, the dog, the dog loves me, but you know, again, he goes to sleep with crystal. So like I see him for like a little hour, he'll give me a throw his ball for, you know, a bunch and then just off to bed. And then in the morning when she goes to work, I'll hear him scratch at my door for a little bit. I'll let him in and then he'll jump up in my bed and drop a ball. Like, Oh, wake up and play with me. Like, hey, fuck you, man. Come, come spend the night with me. Come sleep with me. Make me feel like somebody in this house wants to fucking cuddle up next to me or whatever. You know what I mean? But the point is I bought mixing cups <laughs> and I remember one of the issues that I had with the OptiFast before was that like trying to mix it in a shaker cup, like it would, it would do a decent job. I even bought like a cup that was like, had this twist to it that was like, oh, it's designed to mix it even better because it'll slide like blah, 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 creating a vortex, whatever. It was a little bit better than a standard shaker cup. Like this, the idea is that you don't have the little silver ball in there that's, that's trying to blend it too. The, the cup. So it worked fine. It worked just as good, if not a little bit better, but there were still clumps and shit like that in it. And. And then the big thing too, was like being able to clean the cup afterwards, because for whatever reason, the OptiFast has like remnants in it that, that just gives it kind of this smell. And, and for whatever reason, like just wouldn't, wouldn't this twisted cup, you couldn't fit your hand in it. Cause the way it was twisted, I couldn't get my hands to the bottom to clean it properly. So I was like fucking shaking it with soap and water, like, like, like a cocktail mixer, shaking it, trying to get the stuff it just would not come out. And if you use like a knife with a, with a paper towel wrapped around it to try to get like all the sediment and shit out of it. So what I like about the mixing cup is it kind of works like my Vitamix where I can throw it in, blend it. First off, it blends it perfectly. There's no clumps left at all. And then, then, then afterwards you can, you know, rinse it, fill it with water. So what I do is I, I, 
put water in, throw an OptiFast in. So I've, I've still been trying to take one here and there. Like when I'm in a hurry in the morning, I'm like, I'll take one. So I've got vitamins and shit in me and hopefully stave off hunger for longer. But I'll do the, uh, the OptiFast thing, blend it in. Cool. Drink it. There's obviously like, you know, leftovers. So I'll fill it with water again and I'll blend it again. So the water's already now kind of cleaning shit off the sides and remixing that stuff back with water so that I can get it right. I can get the nutrients from it. So chug that. And then I fill it, you know, half fill it one last time, put a little, little splash of like dish detergent in it and then run it again. And it basically froths it and, and self cleans. And then I just dump it, rinse it, boom. And I haven't, you know, I don't get the smell or whatever. So, um, I bought two different ones. They were both about 30 bucks each. So they're not even that expensive. Like the, the, that mixing cup that I bought was like 20 bucks. So I'm like for an extra 10 bucks, something that charges USB and does the mixing. I'm like, let's fucking go as the kids say. So I bought those and I'm looking forward to being able to, to take that with me and using it because that's one of my, my struggles with being at work too, is that like, I can shake the cup up, you know, drink it, but then how do I clean it? Like there's no sink or whatever. Whereas now I can just pour a little water, soap, run it, spin it, rinse it. And it's clean. You know what I mean? I don't have to be at home so I can like hand wash it kind of thing. So excited. Yeah. I think I've talked about everything except for what is that hoax you were talking about, Josh? Well, here's the thing. When I got back, I believe I had a morning where I spoke to, uh, someone was covering Amanda shift. Amanda's usually the one who was working with me, her, her colleague, Celeste was talking to me and she was telling me like, did you hear that? Like that the bathrooms in some schools, like the janitors are getting rid of the litter boxes. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, like there's these things where like, because like, you know how like they're trying not to upset kids. Kids are identifying a lot of things. Well, they were like, well, they were like, well, some kids like identify as like furries. And so like, if they're an ant, like they're like a cat, like they don't pee in a toilet or whatever. Like they, they pee in like a litter box. So like they were putting these like big litter boxes in like schools, bathrooms so that kids could like, you know, pee and poo in those if they identified as, and I'm like, you're shitting me. You're absolutely shitting me this thing. She's like, no, like it's, it's like a lot of schools. And now like they're getting upset because like, they're going to take them out because the janitors are tired of like cleaning them. And I was like, you're fucking shitting me. Like, there's no way this is a thing. I go really? She's like, yeah, it's real. Like, but like the thing is too, like, I also wouldn't be surprised if it was a thing that they did because everybody's so overcorrecty of shit that I'm like, this is insane. Like, so this is absolute horseshit if they're doing it. And it's absolute like, like, but I wouldn't surprise me if they were, you know? So I was like, that is too crazy not to talk about on my podcast. So I'm like, I wrote, I immediately write down like litter boxes in schools. And then I go, this can't be true. And I Google it, right? First thing I do is like, like I was ready to tell you guys that this is a thing, but I always vet something first. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to just take somebody's word for something. So ridiculous. Google it. And like that, all the top results are like, yeah, litter box in school hoax, da, da, da. And they were saying like, it's just, it was just a shit like, oh, like, you know, some people were trying to say that schools were doing this thing and it's been a hoax. It's not real. There is no schools that do this. It's all just, but, but like human beings, it got perpetuated. It's a hoax because everyone perpetuates shit without looking into it first. Right. So I was saying, like, I read some articles and established right away it was a hoax. And I was like, and the fact that I was actually a little frustrated with myself because I'm like, fuck, dude, you almost like wrote it down as something to talk about and perpetuate it without even, you know, verifying it first. So I, a little ashamed of myself. And if you are the kind of person that hears something and you start telling other people without even looking into it first, you are part of the problem too. Listen, I love you, my onesies, but 
Don't just hear something and perpetuate it. How stupid does that sound though? Litter boxes in schools, you know, are, and are, and are you like me where you're like, fuck, I would have, I would have, I would have thought it's ridiculous, but I also would have believed that that's where we're at in society now where people are trying so hard not to get canceled and not to exclude anyone that we're going to do dumb shit like that. Ridiculous. I received an email from a, a new friend of mine, new friend in the sense that we know we've only known each other for a little while, but we already correspond on a regular basis. And I dig that Andrew, my buddy, Andrew, who I think I talked about in the last episode or a recent episode, because he sent me a message and I read it right while we were doing the, the podcast. And I think he was like, well, I'll read his email. I talked about it. So Andrew sent, Hey, Josh, just wanted to say that the compliment from Tinder uh, from Tinder is a weird fucking compliment to get. That's right. That's the one that's like, oh, I hope your family's grateful for you or, or your family's so lucky to have you. I can't remember. And then he says, also wanted to apologize for texting last time instead of emailing. Didn't actually intend for it to be a read on the podcast. So I didn't email it. That being said, I love the interactive aspect. So I'll probably be emailing more as I listen. LOL. Have a great trip to London. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate that. Good sir. And I appreciate you listening. And for all of you guys, like anything that you want, you know, message me, like send me an email is what I mean. Contact at one man podcast.com. I, I appreciate people will e like, like text me and Facebook message me or call me and talk about stuff. And I appreciate that. Like, I'm still going to chat with you, but I would love it. If you're just sending me a text message or a Facebook message to like correct something on the podcast, I would really love it. If you could just pick the email form. And the reason everyone's like, well, why don't you just grab it from messages? I'm like, because when I'm doing the podcast, I don't want to have to go through every one of my social media. Like first off, what is an email? It's sitting all in one spot. doesn't matter who's sending it when it's all in one list. Whereas going through Facebook messages, like, oh, let me look back through all my weeks, people messaging me to see what's what, you know, if anyone messaged me regarding the podcast, let me look through all my text messages, you know, to see if anyone's pop like my, my, my comedy email address is where all my marketing stuff comes. So the podcast email really is a great place for me to get just podcast related stuff in one spot. So it's not that I'm picky. It's that I can't comb through all of my week's messages and text messages and Facebook messages and Instagram messages, and all these things looking for it. Did anyone ask me something about the podcast? If you, if you would be so kind as to send it directly to contact at one man podcast.com. I will see it there. When I go to do the podcast, everybody's messages are in one spot and it's nice and easy for me to, to do it. So thank you, Andrew, for emailing the, 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 the podcast. And also, yeah, like I said, I the only reason I read your text message on the podcast, cause it literally came in while I was recording. So that's what, <laughs> that's what happens sometimes gang. Um, I've also had other people listen to the podcast. I like, oh, I didn't realize you called me while I was, while you were on the, the, uh, the podcast. I'm like, yeah, well it's, it's live. So you, you know, you might answer, you might not, you know, is what it is. So to speak. So I, that was, that was, that was the week gang. I appreciate you guys being here. I'm plugging that my friend red and I, she's gonna be my partner for the holiday bash. The code names live holiday bash happening on Twitch, December 26th through January 1st. It's the, the holiday bash. It's competition. Red is my partner. We are going to be the good bitches. That's the name of our, our thing. Red is one of the people who echoes what I say in this podcast. Like, Hey, I'm trying to be a good bitch. She says that too. So I was like, well, I was trying to think of something that, that would work for the two of us. So the good bitches is the name of our, of our team. And you can watch that at twitch.tv slash nerd incorrect. I believe our first show is December 27th. And then also guys coming up, I will be hosting and then headlining at Absolute Comedy Toronto. I'm hosting January 2nd through 7th. 
kicking off the new year with some jokey jokes. And then I'm headlining the 9th through the 14th. This is at the Absolute Comedy Club in Toronto. You can get tickets at absolutecomedy.ca or you can call 416-486-7700 to make a reservation. So I'm looking to afford to do that. And then coming up this week for me, I'm going uh, back to work as a Santa photographer. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to work on my taxes and my paperwork because I got to get that stuff done. And then, you know, I'm going to try to start the, uh, the info gathering for the, the Verzi tour. So, you know, with everything going on with the the Santa Claus stuff and everything like that, I'm just going to keep myself busy. I appreciate you guys listening. And of course, I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
Wish I could eat your cancer. 